Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, here we go with a week eight edition of Rams All Access. We say good evening to DeMarco Farr. I am JB Long, set for the weekend and a trip to Arlington to take on the Dallas Cowboys in an NFC showdown. Yes, sir. My favorite time of year. You, NBA started, World Series, football season. Well, it's interesting you bring that up yeah. because we sent shockwaves through the uh, 710 airwaves a couple of weeks ago with our Halloween discussion. Remember this? What? How you were stunned, shocked that at my disdain for Halloween. I did not know. Well, I'm learning new things. The chocolate thing I'm still trying to get over. <laughs> I am. I, I'm trying not to hold that against you. Now Halloween is out too. Yeah. We we caused shockwaves though. They got mad at us. Yeah, people are wondering what my deal is and why I'm once you explained so it, I got it. Once you explained it, I got it and you're exactly right on that. So before we get to yeah. football, how about just like a public service announcement? Because it is Halloween weekend. Yeah. The thirty first falls on a Tuesday this year. We have kids. So normally I am, I am a, I'm a hardliner with like November 1, take all your decorations down. I don't want to see them anymore. It's officially Thanksgiving. The Halloween stuff goes down. Right. Okay. Because Halloween falls midweek, I'm inclined to be more lenient. Okay. Because I know you get up, you got to go to work on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So how about end of day Wednesday? End of day November 1. End of day Wednesday. No more Halloween decor. I got to pull all this stuff down. I mean, what if I went all out? What if it took me three days to put up? Here's the thing, the other thing that my wife and I were discussing. So it's up for a full month now, right? Yeah. But where in Los Angeles do you store all of this Halloween paraphernalia? Under the bed. Like, I don't know about you, (laughs) but like every square inch of our home is accounted for in terms of sports equipment and winter clothing. Stuff. Stuff. First and second grade report cards. Yes. Where do all of you listeners have this extra storage space for what amounts to a yard full wherever you can put it ghouls and goblins the extra refrigerator in the garage that's where you store stuff in the back of the car see that could be your storage space (laughs) driving around with it all year all year with it no doubt he's demarco far i'm jb long and i promise we're not stalling to avoid the uh, lingering bad taste in our mouths from the loss to the pittsburgh steelers but is there any cleanup on week seven left in your estimation before we move ahead to taking on the dallas cowboys you ever drank expired milk Oh, jeez. It takes a while for that taste to leave your mouth, right? And even when you do, if you go with the Listerine, you can still kind of smell it. That's what this was for you. And it, st- it, it does. And, and the longer you go, the worse it smells. Because the more you watch that video, the more you say, wow, that team is not better than you. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not better than the Los Angeles Rams. And it's hard to say that when the Steelers walked out of here with a W. Right. But when you watch that film, you can't tell me that that group is better than the group that we have here. And you let one get away. So that being said, I agree with you completely. This is now a week where the Rams are not, quote unquote, supposed to win. Right. You're back to being the underdog. You're back to being on the road. And it feels like at three and four, you got to go get one back. Right. If you gave up one of the ones you were supposed to win and they did snatching defeat from the jaws of victory last week. Now you got to go get one. 
And thankfully, in this random results generator of the National Football League, I think there's reason to believe they can. But to me, you're kind of one back now in this, not just in the standings, but where you should be on your pacing to hopefully a playoff berth. So that's the thing, man. It took me three or four days to watch this video because I don't know if you're like me. I get 10 plays in and it's going well. And then I realized, man, we lost this. They lost. So I turn it off. But I think Dallas is ripe to be picked right now. I think they're ripe to to go down there and take a victory from them. I think if you play the same way you did on defense versus Pittsburgh, if that travels to to Dallas, you'll have a great chance of stymieing that offense, putting it all on Dak Prescott to see if he can beat you, and then let's see what happens. Uh, if Cooper Cup fixes whatever was ailing him, and that had to be mental, because it was way too early to be intimidated. That was like the first couple plays of the game. Two weeks in a row he's gotten off to a perplexing slow start maybe it's a Pittsburgh thing Hmm. yeah it could be a Pittsburgh thing but that was way too early to be intimidated but I hope he fixed whatever was wrong with him but if you are just a little more efficient you beat Pittsburgh and if you're a little more or a lot more efficient uh, from what you put on the field in SoFi in Dallas you'll have a great chance to beat them down there I I think there is a lot of hype that comes with playing the Cowboys Mm -hmm. but when you turn on the film man for man I think the Rams have a good shot of beating them down there I was thinking this week about the opportunity that week eight presents and what the Rams are striving for in 2023, I think, is the opportunity to play beyond week 18. Mm -hmm. And the underlying metrics say they can. The underlying metrics say there aren't five teams better than the Rams in the NFC. Now, the results have not yet matched the, the performance, right. I would say, for lots of reasons. Most of it self-inflicted. A lot of it having to do with the caliber of competition. Um, but let's face it, this is no longer a third-place schedule that the Rams were scheduled to face in 2023 <laughs> yeah. for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah. One, because you know you cross over against the NFC East mm-hmm. and the AFC North, which I think are proven to be two of the best divisions in football. Uh, but that's not my point here. My point here is the Rams, I think, have the right to believe that they can play into the wild-card round this year and I think it'd be quite an achievement if they do but what are you going to get if you do earn the right to play beyond week 18 a trip to San Francisco or Philadelphia or Detroit or maybe Dallas so in some ways go prove it this week here in the middle of your season that you are capable of being the team that can go to Dallas come January with the game plan and the execution and the demeanor, not just to show up in a wild card round, but to do some damage to no advance. Doubt. You know, if San Francisco's playing like San Francisco's playing right now, I'll take that trip to San Fran. Philadelphia, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a long road between now and then. And there is, and I'm not, lot, I'm not saying you can't catch yeah, the 49ers yeah. either, but no right doubt. now it looks like the Rams and the Cowboys are on that playoff bubble and fighting for an NFC wildcard spot. I thought you were moving me right to the trade deadline. That's where I thought you were going with this. If you beat Dallas, what do you do at the deadline? Well, that's in the back of my mind, okay, too. Okay, I thought it? so. Yeah, yeah. I think across the league it is. Not yeah. just in terms of this game, the Rams and the Cowboys, but there are a ton of NFC versus AFC games this week. There's a couple of NFC wildcard against NFC wildcard contender games. And this is the final data point before that trade deadline, which happens to fall on Halloween. And so you look at some teams like Washington, for instance, that look like a contender early, has faltered now Starting in the month of back. October, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're reading, oh, they, they might be open for business. Conversely, the Vikings and that no trade clause for Kirk Cousins, like that was in discussion a couple of weeks ago. 
Well, now, lo and behold, even without Justin Jefferson, you beat the Niners on your home turf. You got the Packers up next. You're telling me if Minnesota beats Green Bay this week that they're still looking to deal Kirk Cousins? No, I don't think so. That changes a lot. Yeah, yeah. So the whole complexion of the league, I think, hinges on these week eight results and what types of conversations the front offices will be having. I think we're right. This is a fun time of year. Yeah, this, this is, is a this great is the first time of year. many separation yeah. Sundays for me. I like that. Yeah, isn't that a golf term though? Can we coin a new one? Are it, we stealing one? Is it? Yeah, moving day separation. Moving day, moving, moving day. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's another one. But yeah, I mean, look, I think it's all out there uh, for for the Rams. Uh, and if you do beat Dallas, and there are some options out there at the trade deadline, and you're in this thing, like you said, the thick of the thing, and you just beat one of your wild card contemporaries mm-hmm. um if there's a good edge rusher out there i'm all ears and feet and draft picks aren't you look you can't be 29th in the league in sacks and expect to be a playoff football team it's just not going to happen matthew stafford is great but he ain't that great he's going to need some help and aaron donald's going to need more help you're going to need some more help there so winning Beating Dallas is one thing. Getting that bad taste out of your, your mouth from what just happened with Pittsburgh, that's one thing. But moving ahead, having a chance to improve the football team and really getting going in November and December, yeah, this is a big week for the Rams. We're just getting going here on this Week 8 edition of Rams All Access. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Still to come, we'll have Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We'll hear from Matthew Stafford, who's got a homecoming date with the Cowboys. He's from the Metroplex. Uh, and Sean McVay had a had a big week. Uh, he and Veronica delivered their first child. Congratulations to the yes, McVays. Uh, they also have to, speaking of the Rams, choose a kicker to go to Dallas after releasing former Cowboy and former Ram, now Brett Maher. So we'll get into all that as we continue with this edition of Rams All Access. But I want to wrap up our, our first segment here by kicking it back to 2017. That was, for me, the trip to Dallas That was the first real inflection point of the Sean McVay era. That was week four. The win sent the Rams to three and one. And that was, I think, the first time that I truly knew and believed the Rams were up to something special with this new regime. Help me out. Was that the big comeback in the second half? Comeback in the second half. It started out down 10. Zeke was killing you early. Going going below the two-minute warning, going into the half, you're able to get a field goal back. So it's a one-score game. And Wade Phillips in that defense flipped a switch in the second half, held the Cowboys to only six points the rest of the way. And it was was also, Mm -hmm. speaking of kickers, the Greg the Leg record-setting seven-for-seven day (laughs) as he booted the Rams to victory. But there were a lot of ingredients there uh, that I think set a course for what was a worst-to-first turnaround in, in 2017. I thought Whitworth and the offensive line locked in. I thought Jared Goff became a true pro that day. Mm -hmm. I think Todd Gurley became the NFC's offensive player of the year with some of the plays he made against the Cowboys. Everything kind of came together. And the reason I'm bringing that up here is because at a much different point in McVay and Rams history, I think there's a similar opportunity going to Dallas this week. We're deeper in the season. We're deeper in the evolution. The roster's at a different point. But can you imagine what a win over America's team might mean to the class of 2022 and especially 2023 to have that first surge of adrenaline 
and belief in themselves and what it might look like when they stick four quarters together. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Absolutely. There is a huge lift to beat in the Dallas Cowboys. And how dare you bring up Greg Zerline right now? Yeah. Well, that I mean, I, that, Monday I saw Maher on the way out and I didn't realize it was him until he was past me. And I said, did I just see a dead man walking? And that was on Monday. And sure enough, boom, here we are, right? So, yeah, how dare you bring up Greg the Leg right now? And and Todd Gurley. Love to have both of them right now. Come on. That's why, But, I mean, I, I yeah. want to be careful because at some point comparisons always break down. And there's a lot of places where 23 to 2017 breaks down. Yeah. But I, I think, especially competing in the NFC, when you go to Dallas, it's always a measuring stick. And the Cowboys, in recent vintage have had a knack for being less than the sum of their parts. You know True. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And the Rams, at points along the Sean McVay era, have always been better than the sum of their parts. And I think this is a moment in time where they need to be again. And if they do, then all of a sudden you're going to Green Bay and going into your bye week with much different stakes and much different hopes. You just made me like really nervous because all of that is true. But what happens if you go down there and get smashed by the Dallas Cowboys? That's the scary thing about this. So we talk about must wins. Mm -hmm. I think this counts as a must win. This early in the season, this could be considered a must win for the LA Rams to keep hope alive. Keep the we not me era alive right now. And to keep your phone from ringing. Yeah. Rather than you dialing other front offices around the league. No doubt. Between now and next week. You brought up Greg the leg. How dare you? Well... I have some more thoughts on the, the kicking conundrum that okay. the Rams are facing right now. We'll get Sean McVay's thoughts on that when we continue. Might the Rams finally lean into a bit more of their four-down identity with one of the most efficient offenses in the league and major question marks at kicker as they go to Dallas? With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Hope you're having a great Friday night. We will continue with the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams after this on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we roll on in this week eight edition of Rams All Access, Los Angeles and Dallas this week in Arlington. The Rams still have to pick out a kicker as they travel to face the Cowboys, who have won 10 straight home games dating back to last season, the longest active streak in the National Football League. Uh, now, DeMarco, it's not all about Brett Maher's shortcomings. Mm -hmm. A lot of what the Rams asked him to do were you know, very difficult situations. The kicks he was missing were beyond 50 yards, which we've come to take for granted, I think, in the modern National Football because League. Because of Zerline and Gay. Right. Yeah. Big leg kickers that were accurate from 50 plus. Yeah. But I would argue that even though it was the swing of the leg of Maher that gets all of the attention, and and I understand the need to move on and try someone different, it's a lot of the plays and the decisions before you bring the kicking unit onto the field that have been costing the Rams. Here's what I mean. We all know that if you catch more than you drop in some of those high leverage moments, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, oh. for instance, right. you're not kicking field goals, you're kicking extra points. 
and you're four and three instead of three and four. But there's also plenty of analytics to support the fact that the Rams have been passing on too many fourth down opportunities. That when you have the likes of a Matthew Stafford who's been playing at a Pro Bowl level, when you have one of the most efficient offenses in the National Football League, you shouldn't be sending the kicking unit onto the field to attempt a 50-plus yard field goal. You should be going for fourth and three, fourth and four, and trying to keep drives alive. And that's something that Sean McVay was asked about this week as he evaluates who gets the next chance to replace Matt Gay. It's a good question, you know, because a lot of those things were things that I was very intentional on. You still are. And there were some situations the other day where, um, you know, the one thing that you wish you'd maybe given yourself a chance is a little bit more efficiency, whether it's, you know, making the play on the second and nine and then on third and nine, not feeling like you got to get it all back. They did a good job rushing, but maybe making a decision. Do you go for it on fourth down or you get it a little bit easier attempt from inside of 50? And so. Absolutely, those are things that we weigh. And, um, you know, going into it with the anticipation that we were having a rookie kicker, uh, it was definitely something that's on your mind. It didn't go lost on me when we did get Brett, you know, but he did have one of those situations and circumstances where his range was a thing that benefits us. And so um, each week, you know, entails a little bit different approach. And I think when you get to those situations, all right, how do you call third down? What does that get you to where you're deeming it? All right, this is where we're going to go for it, or we feel like we're going to kick it. And, a lot of those things are predicated on, you know, the, the you know, stadium that you're at. And SoFi entails an operation where it's clean. It's an indoor, if you will, you know, based, basically because of, you know, the, the weather doesn't end up being a factor in regards to how the stadium is set up. And so um, ultimately, all of that being said, there's a lot of things that go into it. And those are things that you want to consistently and, and intentionally be better about for our team. And um, that's an exact conversation that I've had with myself and with other members of the staff as we move forward. So you've worked with me long enough, DeMarco, mm-hmm. to know that uh, I'm in favor of playing the odds and being more aggressive and going for more fourth downs. Do you think this could be the moment in Rams history where Sean McVay, with his confidence understandably shaken in the kicking game, might embrace that a bit more, might take a four-down approach to his play calling against the Cowboys. I think now you have to when you lose a game like this and then you have to make a move like this and switch your place kicker midseason. Of course, yeah, that's gonna you're going to lose confidence in, in, in your special teams or at least that aspect of it. But up, up until then, you had full confidence. I remember answering a question of Steve Mason uh, the Thursday before the game about Maher. He said that he didn't have confidence. And I'm like, why? I thought Maher has been pretty good so far. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been a guy you can trust. And then you have a game like this, so you never know. But moving forward, absolutely. But if you're Sean McVay, I mean, look, do you know if your spare is is working or not? Right. I don't don't know know where it is. You don't know until you put it on the the car. But after this point, uh, when you put on a a spare tire and it's flat, you may not trust that anymore. So, yeah, from, from here on out, All fourth down plays are negotiable, and I'm probably leaning towards going for it if it's favorable for us, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, you kind of lose a little bit of confidence in your kicking game after that. Especially when you have a Matthew Stafford at the controls, and like many Rams, he's making a homecoming trip of sorts this week. First time as a member of the Los Angeles Rams that he's going to go to Dallas and take on the Cowboys, a team that... He says openly he was rooting for as a youngster and many members of his family still pull for. They're all football games, um, you know, and uh, enjoy playing in every single one of them. Um, Every time I go there, I feel like it's a really unique challenge. Obviously, a really good football team every time we've gone down there. um, No different this season. 
they're playing at a high level both on offense and defense. So it'll be a big challenge for us. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think just excited for the opportunity. So Matthew grew up watching some of those championship cowboy teams. They haven't been uh, to the Super Bowl since he was probably rooting for them. But you look across the line at this defense and they certainly have the parts to get there in 2023. Oh, no doubt. Uh, do you know Matthew Stafford's like history from high school and how he wound up in Georgia? Why not go to Texas? Who was there? Mm, good question. That, yeah. that I don't know. Yeah. Just that he was you know, a highly touted recruit. And ever since those high school days, he's kind of been number one atop all no the doubt. charts. And he's, he's Texan through and through, like you said. And have you heard that Colt McCoy story? So funny. He was born outside of the state of Texas. So his father went back and got like a shoebox of dirt and put it under the bed so he could be born on Texas soil. Interesting. It's that deep. So I wonder how Matthew Stafford got to Georgia if he's from Texas or being from Texas. But yes, um, unlike Aaron Noddled and who knows how many games he has left, this could be your last op to beat Dallas when you think about Well, Matthew Stafford's a quarterback. He's going to play again. But uh, you don't have that many opportunities to beat this football team again, especially in a situation like this. You could send them into a tailspin which would be awesome. If you grew up loving the team, the best thing about it is if you're the guy that sends them out. That's that's the best thing. That's the next best thing than playing for your favorite team. So I hope he gets the opportunity to have that moment in Dallas. And I would say this, the way these two teams stack up, I bet whoever has the ball last is, is going to win this football game. Interesting. So when I compare it to last week, and we spent a lot of time on this program talking about you know, Watt and Highsmith and the ferocious pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this game is similar and yet different. I think the Cowboys are a much better offensive team, mm-hmm. and so you're going to have to score to keep up. Like your ground and pound, let's get to 20 points and hope we win against Pittsburgh. They were well on their way in, until they started committing costly errors. Correct. I think you're going to have to score touchdowns this week. I think you're, you're going to have to outscore Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, while at the same time taking on a defense that's better than Pittsburgh's. I think this defense yeah. with, you know, our old friend Dante Fowler and Oso Digizua and yeah. Micah Parsons, like they're every bit as fierce as the Steelers on that side of the ball. Micah Parsons is a problem, and they move him around, and he's an issue for me. And Odigizua is is a great interior pass rusher, but I think the Rams, what, how the Rams are playing from guard to guard, I think you have a better chance to cool him off. So as long as you can keep Micah Parsons out of the backfield, pick him up, communication is going to be key. There's number 11. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to take care of him because the moment you, you miss him, he's on top of your quarterback. So I think you can control Dallas better than you can control Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, I do because Pittsburgh has two edge guys, two. Really, two guys that can absolutely win. Demarcus Lawrence, how do you feel about him? Having one of his best seasons, even in his 10th year, I believe. Versus the Rams' offensive line in tackles. Big slugs, guys that can absolutely put their face mask on you. I hope you're right. I I don't feel that way. From a three-point stance, yeah. So you're worried about the pass rush? I am. Okay. Um, I'm worried about Micah Parsons, but either way, it's the same thing. I'm worried about one guy, you're worried about the entire pass rush, but... Either way, just like Pittsburgh, to keep him off balance, you have to run the football. You really do. And I I love the way Daryl Henderson ran the football. Uh, Royce Freeman was a revelation, ran physical. And this is what I had to remind myself of. Daryl Henderson is not going away. It's not just a one-game thing. He's not back for one week and gone. 
he's going to factor into the run game from here on out. I agree with that. I Both think, guys. I think yeah. it's kind of his show. Both guys. What I saw from yeah. Darrell last week. And then when you get Kyron back, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I like the way they ran the football. If you can do that, like you said, and block those guys up and keep Micah Parsons out of the backfield, I think you have a shot to control them. And to keep them playing the run versus teeing off on your quarterback. Man, I hope DeMarco Farr is right. He usually is, so I'll take that as a good indication. But this Cowboys defense leads the National Football League in pressure percentage here in 2023. And they're coming off their bye completely healthy. We'll get more on the Cowboys in our next segment, Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents territory. But in in what's left of our second segment here, I want to get your your take on what you saw from the Rams' defense. Why it eroded, why it ran out of gas in the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and how much of a cause for concern that is going up against Dak and CeeDee Lamb and Pollard and what I think is a Cowboys offense that hasn't reached its fullest potential yet, maybe by design, because that's whatever this Texas Coast offense is that Mike McCarthy's running. That's kind of how he wants it. Yeah, their offensive line is banged up. There's a lot of surgery scars and missed time, but they're good. I think Zach Martin is playing on one leg, and he's still out there. Give him credit. So they're a little banged up, but they're Both still... Both of the Smiths have missed time. They're still trying to run the football. So like I said, if the Rams take what they did versus Pittsburgh, and I thought they were outstanding with the exception of two plays uh the toss that cut back you missed an a gap he found it 13 yards touchdown that was a backbreaker and then the last one that was kind of a mess uh but for the most part i thought they were very disciplined they constricted holes they pursued to the football uh Najee harris's longest rush was 10 he's the lead back so you carry that over to dallas with a banged up offensive line you're going to force this game onto dak prescott's shoulders to try to beat you now Here's where I get a little bit nervous because, and how do I say this in in sensitive times? I'll just say it. You can't waste good pass rushes with bad coverage or letting guys catch the football because Aaron Donald is still winning. He is winning quick, and these pass rush moves are great. And Raheem Morris's his his blitzes are getting home. You're getting pressure on the quarterback. Problem is the ball comes out and it's caught. So you can't keep wasting good rushes. So at some point, you're going to have to tighten up coverage to match what's going on up front. Then sacks will start falling and more takeaways will come. But as long as these receivers find these little separation points and keep catching the ball on you, especially in the second half, you're going to have issues. And here's where I'll give you this. Dallas's receivers are much better than Pittsburgh's. And in the second half, Pittsburgh had a field day catching Mm -hmm. the football. So that could be an issue. So I sense a tension here. First of all, very well said. But when you when you look at where the Cowboys are offensively, they've kind of become a dink and dunk offense. Like Dak Prescott's depth of target and and yards per completion, all this it's it's been dragged down to career low levels. And I can only tie that back to the change in offensive coordinator and the way they have chosen to play, which is leaning on their defense in their running game. And and you can debate whether or not that's a good strategy for the Cowboys. That's not our problem. But this feels like a game where the Raheem Morris schematic that has driven some members of our fan base nuts over the years, where you just keep everything in front of you, you force them to put 8, 10, 12 play drives together, might actually be beneficial, and here's why. Dak Prescott has really struggled against zone. He's struggled uh, to read defenses when they're kind of playing off coverage and keeping their eyes on him and keeping everything in front of them. 
But when you're sending blitzes like you're talking about, and that's really when the Rams have been able to get home, sending extras at opposing quarterbacks, what do you have to do behind it? More often than not, play man. Play man. And give, give him opportunities where he's been more successful. So that's where I sense the tension in terms of I'm curious to see what Morris and the Rams cook up this week. Because, yeah, they have been playing some stickier coverage. They have been sending extras at opposing quarterbacks, and that's put stress on the, on their defensive backs. And in the second half, it backfired against Pittsburgh, sure. But I, I might be I might bide my time on defense this week, much as I don't like saying that I agree. against Pittsburgh. Against Pickett, send the house. Speed him up, force a mistake. Against Dak, look, I think he's one of the elites – you may have problems, but keeping everything in front, I think, is a smart game plan against Dallas. All right. Well, our next guest has more context on the Cowboys coming off their bye, in particular where they are along that offensive line that DeMarco Farr just referenced. Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory, is next on this edition of Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Welcome back to this Friday night edition of Rams All Access previewing week eight. The Los Angeles Rams traveling to Arlington to take on the Dallas Cowboys out of the NFC East. I'm JB Long. DeMarco Farr will be back with us momentarily, but it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents territory. And we're fortunate enough to have Brian Broadus with us from the Cowboys radio network. He's got some scouting experience in the National Football League and follows the Cowboys closely. Brian, I know you're on the road. Thank you for uh, fielding four quick questions for us about the boys well thank you very much for having me jb it's a a pleasure to be with you let's start with the quarterback and uh, some mixed bags for dak prescott so far i know he took a ton of criticism coming out of that san francisco loss but the win over the chargers seemed to have stabilized his season where do you come down on his performance through seven weeks Well, I think as you mentioned, JB, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, You know, there's people that believe that Dak Prescott absolutely has to have uh, the offensive line, the running game. He has to have those around him to make him better. And really in that Chargers game, he didn't have either. Uh, They they didn't run the ball particularly well. And, uh, you know, a lot of it had to do with the offensive line. Uh, They were able to protect well enough in that game, which gave him some opportunity. But it was one of those games where – Dak really had to shoulder much of the load in the game, and uh, he was able to pull it off with, uh, you know, with uh, with what they needed to do in order to win the game. Question number two here on Four Down Territory for Brian, who is part of the Cowboys Radio Network. Tell us about the pass rush. It looks ferocious on film. Uh, I know it's something that the Rams are preparing their best for coming off a game against Pittsburgh, where the Steelers are equally equipped. But what makes it unique for Micah Parsons and the Cowboys? Well, I think with Mike, uh, it, it's really it, it's so it's so been so interesting to watch his journey as as a football player here with the Cowboys, just for the fact that you know it's really the the opportunity that he's had to rush the passer really came about through injury. Dan Quinn was looking for a you know Trey Lawrence gets hurt in the game before the Chargers a, a couple of seasons ago, and all of a sudden. He's looking for pass rushers, and then Micah Parsons turns into, well, let's see what Micah can do. Let's put him out there. Let's see if Micah can rush the passer. And so all of a sudden you get this off-ball linebacker that becomes this this monster off the edge. And, you know, his ability to uh, adapt to how, you know, it, you would think that just you know, he would just be this guy that would run straight up the field and it'd be all about athletic ability. But with him, it's not. It's really he's done a, a great job throughout the uh, off seasons of trying to learn about 
how to break down blockers, uh, how to be able to attack uh, pass sets. So he, he's developed into one of these guys where you start to talk about the, the better pass rushers around the league. It's not just all about athletic ability. There's some legitimate technique there, and there's some understanding, and, and he's done a great job, and Dan Quinn's done a great job of moving him around and not letting teams kind of get a beat on where he's going to be rushing from. What about in coverage? Uh, that's the rushing portion of the defense. Uh, I'm wondering the impact of the loss of Trayvon Diggs to his ACL for the season and how the Cowboys have you know, come back from his absence and are poised to deal with the uh, three receiver sets of the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, they really have it, JB, to be honest with you. I mean, they, you know, they've, uh, Deron Bland has played pretty well. Stephon Gilmore is a veteran player who has lost a little bit of a, I think he's lost some of his quickness. Uh, you know, teams that have carried him on inside routes uh, have been able to get a little bit of separation there. So, you know, with Diggs not being in the lineup any longer, then, well, it's, it's made them have to go, uh, you know, with a little situation with putting Jordan Lewis at the nickel and really Bland's a better nickel player. Uh, you know, I mean, not to say he hasn't done a pretty decent job on the outside, but his he's better suited to play inside. So, you know, not having Diggs it really will hurt them. Uh, and they're trying to adjust to it. I'll be interested to see, you know, with the Rams and with their receivers, and it's a very, very talented group you have there, how many routes are they going to try and make uh, Gilmore cover where he's going to be in breaking on those routes? And uh, can he keep up with the, the quickness uh, that, uh, that the Rams have at their receiver? You're listening to Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Brian Broaddus is part of the Cowboys game day crew, and we are previewing week eight, the Los Angeles Rams traveling to AT&T Stadium. Final question for you. Second week in a row, Brian, that the Rams are facing an opponent coming off the bye. Where do you think the bye might have been helpful for the Cowboys, who are no, I know are healthy? What would you like to see them improve upon coming out of that idle week? Yeah, JB, it's really hard, though, with the, you know, they need to improve in the offensive line. They Again, they haven't run the ball particularly well. The continuity of the offensive line, this group, this current five that they're playing with right now, this will be the third group that they've played together. You know, you'd like to have more time on task, but they just haven't had that. And, you know, with the way the collective bargaining agreement is, you're not allowed to practice during the week. You know, those players get those four days off. And so, you know, it's all really about adjustments and things like that. But this will be a difficult task for the for the Cowboys to have to deal with with this, uh, with this Rams uh, defensive line. I think they have problems with movement, the Cowboys do, twist games, things like that. So it'll be a big, big test for them to, to try and find a way to make sure that they don't have uh, problems up front against the Rams because – uh, potentially this group can make you uh, struggle with your protections and with your schemes, both as a, as a pass rushing group and, and also against the, against the run. Oh, it's a huge game for both franchises with postseason implications, especially coming right before the NFL's trade deadline. Brian, thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday in Arlington. Sounds great. Thank you, JB. Appreciate right, here it. Here he goes. Brian Broaddus, part of the Cowboys game day broadcast crew. We'll step aside here and come back with our final segment of Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr reacts to what we just heard, plus the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest and the games that matter around the National Football League in week eight. Stay with us tonight on 710 ESPN. 
Welcome back to Rams All Access, Los Angeles at three and four, going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in an NFC showdown. You're pointing at me, Demarco. Yeah, I heard something from a doctor friend. I want to share this with you. He well, said this could you go in lots you, of different directions. He said you can't out train your fork. You I thought can't that was awesome. Out train your fork. I feel like you're giving me dieting advice. I, I, dieting advice. Yeah, we're we're at a party, a kids' party, and he just leans over and goes, "You look great." I'm like, thank you. He goes, just remember, you can't out-train your fork. And he walks away. Hmm. One of those moments. Yeah, I want to share that with you. And the audience. I'm not sure how to take that. But you it, look great, it, by it the way. It feels like you're throwing down the gauntlet, no. and I might need to get some more cardio just in. Just saying. Just, I had to put that out there before the show was over. You can't out-train your fork. I, I, like I feel that. like I was kind of a humble brag from DeMarco. <laughs> Maybe we're, a little we're bit. in the final segment of the show, and he just wanted yeah. to let everyone know that a doctor told him he's looking good this I week. I ordered some shirts, and I ordered some two X's, so I, I, it may be humble bragging. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's just part of the Scadden report going to Dallas. You're, you're, you're offering me a cautionary tale because you know how I like Aha. to eat. I'm glad you took it that and way. And so yes. I might have some temptations in front of me. Okay. Uh, so it is your pick in our yeah. weekly playoff eliminator contest but can i go through some games that matter in go week for eight it, first uh, because as we talked about the the trade deadline is imminent and the rams are fighting off a bunch of you know three and four lost teams with them right now in the nfc playoff standings. so here's here are some that i have circled and you know that i love the nfc afc matches mm-hmm. because i consider these freebies Anytime the AFC beats the NFC, it helps the Rams' playoff chances. And I think you would agree this year the AFC is the stronger conference. No doubt. Has been winning more of the head-to-head, and the Rams have been on the bad end of that a couple of times. Can you imagine if Rodgers didn't Cincinnati get hurt? And Pittsburgh. Can you imagine if Rodgers didn't Fair. get hurt? Oh, my God. Go ahead. Yeah. Fair. Uh, so here, here are some of these games where, you know, you don't want to be begging for other teams to lose. I'm not saying that, but keep an eye on, for instance, the Raiders going to Detroit to take on the currently two-seeded Lions, or the Bengals going to San Francisco to take on the five and two 49ers who have lost back-to-back They're games. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Or how about the Titans who look like sellers at the trade deadline? They already have traded a member of their secondary to Philadelphia. They're playing host to the Falcons who are right now leading that south at four and three but are the falcons really a division champion in the making i'll be curious to see how that comes out and then the browns who have major issues at quarterback but maybe the best defense in football going to seattle to take on the four and two seahawks those are some Mm. of the afc against nfc showdowns that i have circled this week that could mean good things for the Rams. do you trust the raiders no, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, not at no. all. Right? Okay, you just got embarrassed I'm by the saying. Chicago Bears and a quarterback none of us have ever heard of before last wow. Sunday. I wonder if they're going to fire that guy before the season ends. Well, save that for the playoff okay. eliminator right. portion of this segment because I think we might end up there eventually. The other game that I have circled this week is between the Vikings and the Packers. Suddenly, Minnesota looks like they might jump back into this thing. And I wonder about the Packers having already had their bye at two and four. You talk about a must win game. You're either going to get a Packers group, speaking of the Rams, next week in week nine that have fallen to two and five and might be doing something at the deadline or that stabilized, got back on their feet, 
beat the Vikings and are looking to get back to 500 against the Rams. Scratching and clawing right when it starts to turn cold. That's the worst time to play the Packers, no doubt. All right. So those are just some and of the, the worst games kind of Packers to play when it gets cold around yeah. the league. And I'll, I'll throw Saints at Colts on there. I think the Saints are fading a bit. Uh, if the Colts can hand them a fifth loss, then maybe you don't have to worry about New Orleans breathing down your neck in the standings either. But let's get to uh, the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest. Uh, each week, DeMarco and I have the chance to draft a team into our portfolio, teams that we think are not going to make the postseason. At the end of the year, whoever has the most teams in that bucket win. Unless, unless we've drafted a team that rallies to make the playoffs and then boom goes the dynamite, you lose. Exploding kittens, as we've said on the show before, if you happen to have played that game. But that's not for this week eight edition. Let me review who we have so far. Arizona, Denver, Carolina, and the New York Giants are on my side of the ledger. I feel pretty good about those four. I chose not to make a pick last week, feeling good about where we stand because you have Houston... Chicago, New England, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee. Houston, Tampa Bay, cooling off a bit. Right. They were perilous for you there for a while, but it's still early in this game. So you have those one, two, three, four, five teams, and you have the T. You have the honor if you would like to take a six this week, DeMarco. I'm trying to think uh, because I want to pick Dallas. What? I want to pick Dallas. I want to pick Dallas and have I'm I'm thinking. I haven't picked you. I said I want to pick Dallas. You're the ultimate showman. Of course. Because I already know you know what you're going to do. Yes. I want to pick Dallas. Um I'm I'm still on the fence because if what happens comes true, what I think is going to happen on Sunday and how this team is going to react, and they go down there and absolutely annihilate Dallas, I think that sends them into a tailspin. I really do. I think that ends the Dak Prescott era as we know it. You've already taken a team that was leading its division, not just in the playoff picture, but leading its division in Tampa Bay. And so far, fading Baker Mayfield has has worked out for you. You might be on the right track. You said the Falcons are leading the but, South. But right. you're not going to go grab another current team that's currently in the playoff picture and fade the Cowboys too. I'm going to take the Cowboys right <laughs> what is now. With this guy? I'm taking the Cowboys. Yep, you just you just you just picked it. Do you hate this game? No, so I much love this game. You just want. I'm taking the Cowboys, and I believe in the Rams. Watch this. Final answer. Watch the final answer. Watch this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I will take the Las Vegas Raiders then, <laughs> as an absolute gift, and we'll pick it up again next week. All right, Houston, Chicago, New England, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and now Dallas for DeMarco. I shouldn't even pick. I should just stand pat Watch the rest this. of the way. Watch what but happens. I can't resist the urge to put the Raiders on my side of the sheet. So I got Arizona, Denver, Carolina, the New York Giants, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm probably done. I'm probably, <laughs> before the trade deadline, I'm probably done. And we'll just sit here and scoreboard watch for the rest of the season. Like I said, when it happens, DeMarco, you are a genius. That's All what right. I want to hear. Back to the Cowboys and the Rams to finish this edition of Rams All Access. Give me a key to the game or two. Wow, Micah Parsons misses the bus. <laughs> How Wouldn't about that? that? Be nice? um, yeah, he is. He is an absolute problem. Um, but like you said, you got to marry that that coverage and and pressure because you are getting some pressure. Aaron Donald is winning, and it's so fast and it's so pretty, and you could watch it all day long. And it's just a wasted rep sometimes when the ball comes out. Uh, so if you can marry that. Um, front-end coverage, I think you'll have a great chance to beat Dallas. Now, like I said, 
You have to earn the right to rush, rush the passer just like you did versus the Steelers. Bring that to Dallas. You'll have a good chance to get to Prescott. On the other side, look, uh, this is why, and I have to call this out, why you lean on kickers more when they miss versus guys like Higby and Cup when they drop it. Because Cooper Cup has to block as well. So does Tyler Higby. And he did a great job blocking Watt last week. And he dropped one he should have had. So I'm a little easier on him than I am a place kicker. But you can't be dropping passes if you're those guys. Yeah, that that stings for me too. And you and I yeah. have discussed this with Sean McVay off the air between our – like it's one thing to be a young team that's going through growing pains. It's another to be losing games because your veterans and in a lot of instances your captains are making costly errors. Like it wasn't isolated to just these players. But last week against Pittsburgh, Cooper, captain – Matthew, captain, mm-hmm. Tyler, captain, all with like critical errors on offense that kept you from, I think, running away from Pittsburgh. Right. And look, I hope that is permeated through your practice this week. Like yeah. I said, a loss like that, this is where teams get so mad in the media, they guarantee victory in the next game. That's how bad that one felt. So no one's done it. So I'm kind of doing it now. So I'll say your captains, the guys we just mentioned, make up for what happened in SoFi and go into Dallas and win this football game. I like what you're saying because we both feel they're due. We both sense that they're a better team than three and four, but until they go out and beat a Dallas at Dallas, it it gets harder each week to make that argument, right? Yes, absolutely. And if you have a chance, Mr. McVay, and you have Dallas in a compromising position, run it up no doubt mm. absolutely send the message if you can i like it all right that'll do it for a week eight edition of rams all access he's demarco far i'm jb long hope you can join us on the air this sunday here on 710 espn